0: You're listening to The Product Edge and I'm Jade Bennett, Australia's leading product management recruitment expert, founder of Middleton Executive and a professional development and mindset coach. In this podcast, I take you on a journey into the minds of exceptional product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators and hustlers. In each episode, I introduce you to experts in their field, and my mission is to help every product professional level up and reach their full potential by providing you with the skills, insights, and tools that you need to excel in your career and gain your product edge. Joining me today
1: is Jen Leepart, co-founder of Product Anonymous, a Melbourne-based community for learning and sharing product management knowledge and sharing the insanity of the job with others. Jen is also an organizer for Product Camp Melbourne. Jen has managed products and people in six countries. Her experience is in both B2B and B2C across media, education, finance, and employment. Jen believes in bringing people together to create, share, and achieve whilst having fun. Advocating for research to understand a customer's motivation and behaviors has long been a passion for Jen. Today, we're going to be discussing all things product interviews. We see the job. It sounds great. We know we can do it. We apply and then the dreaded interview. Having interviewed for many jobs over her career and interviewed others as a product leader, Jen is going to share her top tips to help you put your best foot forward. Welcome to the Product Edge, Jen. Hey, Jade. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for coming on. It's been a long time coming, and I'm very excited to be discussing product interviews with you because it's very timely given the current market and, and climate. But before we jump into it, Jen, can you just give us a bit of an overview to your career to date? Absolutely. Um, So many moons ago, I
2: started in product management before it was as well known as it is today. And like a lot of people, I was doing element of product without actually knowing that there was this thing called product management. And I guess I've been really fortunate to work as a product, management, um, product manager, a product leader, a consultant um, in the States where I'm originally from, but um, also in London, Shanghai, briefly in Malaysia and Indonesia. Um, And of course, here in Melbourne. Um, And one of the things that I absolutely adore about product is that diversity. And so you can focus on different user segments, different industries, or even different areas of product because it's such a broad discipline. And that means there's always new challenges and never a boring day. Um currently I work in the education sector, and this is my second role in that space. But the two roles are entirely different. Um, the segments are different and the challenges are really different. So um that's me.
1: Fantastic. And you mentioned that how broad product is, and again, you're in education now, and the role is so different to your previous stint in education. That leads me on to the my next question is, you know, with product being so broad and so varied you apply for the job, you've got heaps of experience, you know you can do it, but you get to that interview stage. What three to five things should people do to help them prepare for that interview?
2: Obviously, you're going to do the research on the role in the company. You know, that's that's just a given. You know, you've you've done this, you know, some of that research before you've even applied for the job. So now when you're at interview stage, it's time to increase that knowledge. And this is everything from what is the company mission to who are their competitors. Check their socials and their latest press releases so you can see what might be top of mind for them. And then if it's a product that's B2C, that's easy. Get in there and give it a go, see what the customer experience is. If it's a B2B product, it might be a little bit harder because you can't sign up for that account. But look at their help documentation, Check YouTube to see if they have any training or what sort of press they have there. And then also check in with analyst reports like Gartner or even the product review site. Um, So a whole bunch of things that you can do to increase your knowledge of the company. In addition to that desk research, I'd really recommend checking who do you know that works there or that recently worked there? You know, so you can reach out, have a chat with them and get that insider knowledge, particularly in terms of what the culture is like. And then besides the company and the role, I think one of the really important pieces to preparing for an interview is to run through your stories. And by this, I mean, have you thought about your experiences and how you're going to tell the story of those experiences for all those behavioral questions that you're going to receive. You know, these are all the tell me about a time when questions. And you definitely are going to be asked these. Um, you can expect that they'll cover things like, you know, your need to prioritize when you've had to make decisions and trade offs and challenges with teams and stakeholders. So really, spend time before the interview and and go through those stories.
1: Great tips and uh, insights there. And and I was smiling because you talked about the first thing you do is is the company research and, and and getting that desk research done, as you said. But it still surprises me to this day. And I've been in recruitment for what twenty years now. Have my own equipment company. How that isn't obvious to everybody and so many people. And sometimes you more senior people, if I'm honest, um, have that mindset of I'm just going to wing it and I'll go in there and, and see what happens. As an interviewer, Jen, have you picked up on that, that that might be where someone's sort of playing? Um, I think most people have
2: that I've talked to have at least some base knowledge. Um, You know, maybe not to, there's definitely been varying degrees of that knowledge um, but I have to say, yeah, I've not had um any interviews where the person was um where I'd say they were completely
1: winging it.' <laughs> it's a, yeah, that is good <laughs> so you've done your research, you, you're you prepped. you feel ready to go in the interview. You get there and and it's hard. you know, you only have usually sixty minutes and it goes very fast to 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 put your best foot forward. Are there any essential things that? as a product manager that you really do need to be demonstrating during that interview?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, think about it from the hiring manager's perspective. You know, they wanna know, can you do that job? And I think you can show that in several ways. So I just mentioned the stories that you would tell for those behavioral questions. Um, So when you're answering one of those, think about structuring your answers that you give enough context, but you're not taking 10 minutes. So as you said, you know, it's usually an hour. That goes incredibly fast. Um, And so this is where you can use something like maybe the STAR framework, which helps you focus on situation, task, action, results, which really just helps you focus and think about what you want to say in a really succinct way. Um, so you can describe that context in a couple sentences, talk to what you were trying to achieve or what your responsibilities were, what the challenge was, you know, follow that by how you approached it, what your process was, describe what you did, and then wrap it up with what were those results, you know, and make sure that you're talking to things like how did you move the metrics or how did that contribute back to the OKRs? Having that data is always really good. (laughs) Um, And I'd say also, when you're talking about that experience, don't be afraid to say, yep, this is the thing I did. And you know what? It didn't move the numbers. You know, but make sure that you follow that up with, here's what we learned. Um, You know, here's what we changed later to, to get to better results. Um, or, you know, here's what I would do differently the next time if that situation um, arose. And then also, I think, you know, think about some of the questions that we have for, for our product. You know, what are some of the hypotheses? Like, what was the hypothesis at the beginning of this? What were your risks? What were your assumptions? How did you manage those? You know, weave that into the story along with the, the frameworks or the tools that you used. You know, you don't have to spend um, 10 minutes talking about a specific detail. You can just kind of weave that into the story. Um, and probably lastly, what I would say about this is don't forget to talk about who you worked with and how you all contributed to that result together. Product folk do not, can't do everything sometimes we think we can, but no, we cannot. (laughs) Um, So please be clear on what you did versus what you worked with in the team on. Um, And you can use both the I and the we to describe what you were responsible for and also how you collaborated to progress that work and achieve all the things that you achieved. Um, So Another bonus to that is if you're in a room or in an interview with people that are your future teammates, that also helps show them, you know, what they can expect from you and how you're going to work together.
1: Absolutely. I love there that you referenced the the star framework. That's something that we advocate a lot when we're doing coaching with, with people that we're working with. And I think the important element there is keeping it tight, you know, during an interview you may very well be asked as an opening question. Tell me about yourself. Don't go back to your very first job in McDonald's or or wherever it may have been. You know, they want to keep that down to, I call it your elevator pitch, you know, your 60 to 90 seconds. And again, with the star example, the situation you need to keep that tight. Don't give a 20 minute background story because you've just taken up a huge chunk of time and keep that tight. Jen, as a product leader, what is it that you're really looking for when you're interviewing? What are the things that you really want to see stand out? So there's going to be a couple
2: core things that I'm looking for. And then depending on the role, there'll be some sort of specific experience or knowledge that I'm looking for. And when I say specifics, that would be something like, oh, this role needs to work with marketplaces. So I, you know, I'm hoping for somebody with you know that experience in their background or you know maybe they've been deeply involved in launching a, a brand new product and have that experience. Um, so that depends on the role. but in general, um, there's a few things, few few core things. Um, one is really around curiosity and continuous learning. So I want to know what has this person done over time to, further their product practice. You know, what challenges have they taken on or, you know, what uh, what do they do to continue to learn about product management? How do they learn about these new approaches? You know, are they going to meetups? Are they, you know, watching um, videos or blogs? And, you know, who, who are they interested um, in learning from? And then The second one is really that demonstrable work with customers. So I want to hear about that interaction that people have with their customers. And that could be new initiative discovery. It could be going on sales calls. It could be customer research. Whatever that experience is, I'm curious to hear about that. And then also understand what did that lead to? You know, was that discovery that then you know they participated in or they led the discovery and how did they bring all of that information and interactions back to the team and the wider business Um, and then finally i'm looking at that understanding of how they work who are they collaborating with what elements of product management excite them you know what's their experiences of bringing stakeholders along on the journey, and so I think those are the the three things around you know learning, working with customers, and how they work. That no matter what the gig actually
1: is, are really critically important for a product manager. Really great insights there. Just circling back to the first point around curiosity and, and continuous learning. That's obviously important in in. Every craft and, and discipline, and um, especially in, in product, if somebody isn't active in, say, the meetup community or networking events or, or the conference side of things, would that generally be seen as a, a bit of a negative from a hiring manager perspective, or it's not that important? Not at
2: all. I think there's so many ways that you can get involved. Um, you know, like I know some businesses have done book clubs. Within their organization, or have you know guilds or community of practices, and so you can really do like an internal thing, um, you know, or be a part of an internal. It doesn't mean you have to run it, but you know, be be a part of this, where you you know go and absorb from other folks how are they doing this, um, you know. It could be that you know part of your personal OKRs have been to take a course or to you know read a certain book it's really about kind of um staying on top with some of the changes um you know like right now ai is super hype um everyone wants to understand you know what would it mean to be a product manager within an ai product you know so is that something that you know you've been investigating you know, even if it's not something that you're going to use day to day or right at the moment, you know, is that something that you've kind of like just kept an eye on? Doesn't mean you need to go deep and take a course in it, but, you know, you're starting to think about
1: like, how how could my role change? How do I stay on top of this? Absolutely. And they're great tips for for interviewing. But as you're talking, I'm also thinking they're outstanding tips for people looking to break into product and, and um, make that move. Let's um, let's talk about language during interviews, and, and this is a really interesting one, and you and I have talked about this um, offline, and it's something that I've noticed um, a lot in recruitment, especially coming from the UK. Um, so let's talk about language with the we versus I in an interview, because I've observed in Australia that it's very much we, and um, I compare that to people in the UK, which is my background, people are very comfortable with the I. I did this, I did that, this was my contribution and the overall team did X, Y, and Z. Um, what's your thoughts on on language and how, do you have some examples around, you know, best practice with we versus I? Yeah. Um, so
2: a couple of years ago, I had this opportunity where I had to fill several roles um, all around the same time. And I had this really intense period of interviewing people. And that made it incredibly easy to pick up on some trends. And this was one of my big takeaways, (laughs) Um, that, you know, we is used so much. And I realized I'm completely guilty of this as well. And it's interesting that you say about the cultural side, because, you know, coming from the States originally, um, I would say that this is, you know, definitely something that I did And I feel, you know, either somebody had told me this early in my career or I had read some sort of advice, you know, that really made it, made the emphasis be on talk about the we as a way of showing your collaboration and you're a team player. Um, But it actually really does a disservice to us. You know, the, by saying we, we're not really talking about our accomplishments and our experience in the way that we could be. You know, product is, as I said before, it's not something that you do alone. You need to work with all those other people. So in a way, I kind of felt that it was disingenuous to say I did this because it's really we did this. We all needed to be a part to to make this a um to achieve whatever it was we were trying to achieve. But it's really important (laughs) that you show how you worked with the others and what you did to communicate or what you did to contribute to that work. So if you think about using like the STAR framework um, or, you know, anything else, just be clear about this. You can totally use we and I in the same sentence. You know, it's a team sport. So illustrate that it's a team sport. You know, I led out on this thing, but then we brought together that piece of work. So it might be like, I led out on this piece of discovery. I wrote the, the product brief, you know, then the researcher or the designer and I work together to do X, Y, and Z. So I think it's, Fits really well within that story framework is
1: just taking the time to think about separating out the we and the I. Absolutely and I think as you said you know talking about a we shows how you work as part of a team and um, and that overall contribution but ultimately a business and a hiring manager is hiring you and very rarely the team that you worked with so being able to demonstrate that is is super important we've already touched on how broad product is and um and you've mentioned earlier some of the the core fundamentals that that you look for product relies a lot on soft skills as well so how can one best demonstrate some of those soft skills be it empathy adaptability collaboration
2: um again going back to how you're setting up your answers you know what we were just saying about the we and the i like that's a Perfect way of talking about how, you know, you did collaboration, how you worked with other team members. So, you know, think about those experiences, pull together those examples. Um, you can do things like highlight team building activities, how you built trust, you know, being transparent in in certain decisions or whatever the the element was. You know, I think a, a good one is really like how you adapted to change and navigated that change with the team because you know we're in like i think there's always been change but right now we're in this time frame where it seems like everything isn't in a bit of uh chaotic change um (laughs) so you know that's that's a really great one to to talk about at the moment but also think about, you know, how did you celebrate the wins and the failures? Like that's that's a nice one to illustrate. And if your role has changed over time in your previous or current job, you know, think about like how did you actually show up to take on to that that role change? Whether you stayed the same title and it changed, or whether you were promoted and had that sort of change. You know, how did you show up to that? What sort of actions did you take what was your you know how did you approach it from a positive standpoint um i think those are all different ways that you can work into your your answers in terms of showing things like collaboration adaptability empathy and there's a whole range of different soft skills or um Human skills, I'll use that language because um, I want to reference uh, a book called Hiring Product Managers that Kate Lido um, wrote. and so she talks about it in terms of tech skills and human skills. And so tech skills um, for product folk are things like creating the roadmap and prioritizing and writing user stories and doing competitive analysis. But the human skills are all of those sort of soft skills. Um, and she even has this like fantastic list in there that you can go through and then say, okay, you know, what should I be highlighting? You know, things like motivation. How do you motivate the team? You know, so it's um, it's a really good resource to have a read of, even if you're not the one doing the hiring.
1: Absolutely. That's a great book. I've read it myself. And um... And I do believe she was out leading the product a couple of years ago, and I think that's when I got yeah. it. It was a fantastic presentation and, uh, yeah, really, really great book. Um, okay, so people can practice. Um, there, there's actually tips and guides in her book as well, so I'll, um, I'll link that in the in the show notes. So we've done the interview. Naturally, that hour has flown by and it's coming to a wrap. Usually the interviewer will give um candidates and applicants an opportunity to ask questions and i think you know it is important that w- we're quite tailored you don't have a, an hour to ask additional questions it, it's usually a few minutes are there a couple of key questions from your experience jen that you think people should ask and to that second question is there a best, best what's the best question you've ever heard <laughs> um so i would say
2: first of all don't wait until the end <laughs> Um, that hour. Yeah, that, that goes super fast. And so the, as a candidate, the people sitting there talking to you have a list of the values, the skills, their experience, your experience that they're trying to get through. Um, and so often I think that happens where it's like, you know, they're trying to make sure that they cover all those things in the hour. Um, but as a candidate, there's things that you need to make sure that you cover as well. So um, I definitely recommend asking questions as you go. Um, and, and think about, like, you know, what is it that you need to know in order to move forward with this role? So have have that decision made before, well, before dialing into the Zoom or walking in the door to know what those questions are that you want to ask. Because that might be your opportunity to better understand the role and also the culture and see, you know, if they call back and say, awesome, we want to go to a second round, then you can make that decision. Do I want to make go to the second round as well? Um, So, in terms of like what questions um, to ask, I would say, you know, you could pick up on something that um, they've already asked about and just dig into that a little bit deeper. Um, But if there's nothing that, you know, you feel is kind of unanswered in that respect, um, I think asking about what your first six months would be like or some sort of variation on that question is a really good one. Um, So, you know, variation could be, uh, is there a particular project or problem that needs to be tackled when you start? Um, are there particular metrics that this role will be working towards improving? Um, or what do they think the biggest challenge will be that, you know, you need to tackle as you, as you start that role? Um, and so not only does it give you that insight into that role, but then it also lets you go back and address how you would tackle this with your experience. Um, You can show you've been there, you've done that, or here's how you'd approach that as well. Um, From a culture standpoint, um, I think there's a couple um, really interesting questions around um, what they enjoy about working at the company, what makes them proud to work at the company, um, or what's something that they'd change about the culture if they could. Um, or even just ask them to describe the company culture. And I think that's incredibly interesting, particularly when you have multiple people in the interview, because you can see, do they build on each other and each other's question or each other's answers, you know, or how are they actually interacting Um and then also you could talk about um ask about how the the company supports personal mm-hmm. growth like that that's a whole other you know kind of rabbit hole that you could go down um but as you were saying whatever you ask <laughs> you're you're not going to have very much time so you know before you walk in the door kind of prioritize three questions um that you want to ask obviously during the session you might change that um, but it's good to know, you know, kind of that that top three that you want to address. Um, and then let's see, you asked, you know, what's the best one that I've heard? Um, I actually think the the one I just referenced, the like what would you change about your company culture? Um, that was one that was asked to me. And I thought, I'm gonna write that one down and remember that one. Um, because, you know, it's it's a really, I think it's a really telling one because, you know, you can work at a place that has a great culture, but there will always be something in particular that you'd be like, oh, I'd love to see that improve or change. And so um, that one's definitely one that I've added to my list.
1: I like that one too. That's a, that's a good one. Okay. So but to to wrap up then, They've gone through the interview and 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 put their best foot forward, and there are all these cases that you know there are great people out there that just aren't great at interviewing, um, or or selling themselves or or promoting themselves. Some people just naturally um struggle with that. Any tips on how how we can get better? Um,
2: practice, 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 practice um whether that is you stepping through stuff you know walking around your house and talking to yourself or whether that is actually getting a buddy and doing a little you know practice interview just just do it um i know when i'm fresh on the job market that first interview that i do oh it's going to suck it is going to be so rocky I'm not gonna talk about my experiences really well. I'm gonna forget to add detail. I'm, you know, probably not using the whole star method. (laughs) Um, You know, just, I'm not in the groove yet. I'm not in that mindset of like, here's how I talk about my accomplishments. Um, But after you have a few conversations then it feels more natural. Um, So do what you can to get into the groove a lot earlier. So practice, practice, practice.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that you know, if you are working with a particular recruiter, um, they will do mock interviews with you and can be a great source of support. I know I certainly do it with a lot of people, um, especially sort of coming out of the pandemic. A lot of people were rusty. I've done it there. But I'm even laughing, Jane, because I came back from maternity leave not long ago. And having done this for, what, 20 years, you know, I was catching up with potential businesses to partner with. And the first couple of meetings I had, I was like, Where's my brain gone? Like I, I was rusty. I was rusty. And then I yep. got a string of things and um, and I like to think I got a bit better. Um, so yeah, practice. Absolutely practice um helps. Yeah. And that's awesome that you will,
2: um, as a recruiter, will sit down and do practice interviews with folks. I didn't realize um, that you were doing that. That's fantastic because, yeah, you're going to give a, a whole different take and feedback to that person than, than what, you know, their partner or maybe even, you know, a friend or even somebody within product would give. So, so that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And it's, and it's fun. And, you know, usually when someone interviews with us, it's a lot more relaxed and, and, uh, and we're able to pick up, you know, if they're not, I like to use the phrase keeping it tight. You know, if people do tend to go off track a little bit, waffle a little bit, we can really give that real time feedback and, uh, and, and help them. So Yep, something we love doing. Kay, Jen. So, look, as we come to to a wrap, you've had such an interesting career to date. Um, I'm sure it's hard to pick one, but is there something that you would say that's been your greatest achievement um, professionally to date? Um, it's actually not hard. <laughs>
2: um, which I mean, you know, it's kind of a. Uh, it's not within my actual product management experience, which, you know, yes, if I was kind of digging into that, you know, I think it'd be a little bit harder. Um, But really, I am super proud of the community that we've built here in Melbourne. Um, And when I say we, I mean my Product Anonymous co-founder, Liz Blink, but also everyone who's attended, who's given a talk, and the companies that have hosted for what is almost 12 years now that we've been doing this. And so when we started product anonymous um there wasn't the same level of awareness of the the roll back the, the end. um and plus that gets defined differently depending on like the company stage um or you know even the level of knowledge of the role within the company. So um so while it's, while it's much more of a, a popular role now, you know, product manager is a bit more sexy now than what it was 12 years ago. Um, I think a lot of the needs that we were addressing then still exists today. So as a product manager, unless you're at a larger business, your day-to-day work is not with other product people. So you don't get to see that that day-to-day product work in action. Um and you don't always have the opportunity to see what good looks like. So bringing together people um you know has always been part of our product anonymous ethos around sharing knowledge and also having a place of support. And um you know product can be a frustrating role and sometimes you need to be able to turn to people and talk about what is happening and they can go, nope, you're not going crazy. <laughs> I've been in that same situation. Here's here's how to approach it. You know, they can help talk you through it, you know, or just listen and, you know, go. Yep. 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 That's a thing. Um, And, and validate your experience. So that's, you know, part of the reason why we keep going with Product Anonymous and also Product Camp. Um, There's still that need, which is proven out every month at the amount of attendees that we have in our talk. And the demand often means that there's a wait list (laughs) um, for our sessions. Um, Also, the friendships that I've personally made, but that I know others have as well. And also, it's fantastic to see people who have talked at our sessions go on and then present at larger conferences because we've always had a really big focus on giving local folks the the venue, giving them the opportunity to shine and share their experience. And um, that's something that, yeah, I know Liz and I have
1: both been really proud about seeing people um, go and speak at other conferences. Amazing. And look, Father non is fantastic. I'm fortunate to um... To attend a few myself and uh, I always tell anybody that's um, in product locally in Melbourne to to get along there because the networking and like you said just the conversations you know sometimes your career and what businesses put out there can look a bit like an Instagram reel and it's all perfect and when you get into these meetup groups where you're in a safe space you can actually share yeah, yeah there are definitely highs but as in with any job or career or any aspect of life there's certainly lows and, and challenges and um, just being amongst peers and, and, and friends in that space. It's a really great environment to to connect with people. So definitely, if you're in Melbourne, get along to prod and non. You will never be disappointed, that's for sure. What's the, on the flip side of that, and I think it's a really um, important question at the moment because, you know, there are a lot of product folk having ups and downs and with the market and in and, and conditions at the moment, what's been an obstacle or, or challenge that you've overcome? Um, I think starting
2: over <laughs> um that is a, a really big challenge and that can be fun and exciting um but also scary frustrating and a full-on roller coaster um and when I say starting over that can be you know a whole range of situations so um something that expats um, like myself, like you, you know, can can relate to is, you know, picking up and moving to a new location, whether that's a new city or a new country, um, can be um, quite the challenge. You know, I came to Australia as an MBA student and worked in product before I decided to do the MBA and before I decided to come here. Um, but I found it super challenging to find anyone who was you know interested in hiring this this person that had no Australian experience um, And then also another situation that you know lots of folks are going through at the moment is redundancy and I've been there as well um, a few times in fact. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, really being able to, to start over after any of these challenging situations, um, you know, can, can put you in the, in, you know, you can have highs, but also really lows. So I think, you know, for anyone who's, you know, going through this at the moment, I'd say, you know, try to remain positive. You're going to have crappy days and allow yourself to have those crappy days. Um, but um, eventually, you know, there is there is the light at the end of the tunnel for all of this. Um, so as you're in the midst of it, probably the the one piece of advice and something that I've found um Something I've found that I'm not that great at doing, but uh, the next time I'm in one of these situations, I am definitely going to do is making sure that I carve out more time to do the fun, enjoyable stuff. So do not make it a job to find a job. You know, like you want to spend time looking and networking and talking to people, obviously, um, but you also need to balance that. You know, don't spend like the 40 hours or whatever um, working, you know, to find the job. Go out and use that time to refresh. Um, yeah, I think that's the, you know, kind of that starting over is a been a big obstacle that I've ha- faced a few times. And um, yeah, you always get through
1: it. But that's my tip. Spend some time refreshing. <laughs> right. And, and look, I say the same, you know, don't make it your job to find a job and I know that sounds you know counter but it can become a really stressful and it can really be quite disheartening at times so getting that balance is is so crucial. Look Jen it is always amazing talking to you and I could chat to you for hours on end and um, thank you for sharing your insights and experience with us how can we stay connected with you going forward? Um, I would say if you
2: are in Melbourne Um, definitely come along to a Product Anonymous session um, and say hello. Otherwise, go on to productanonymous.com. We've got summaries from our events going back the whole freaking 12 years. Um, So there is lots of um, good content on there. Um, Also, if you're in Melbourne, we do social Evenings, you know, not quite every month, but roughly every six weeks ish. So, again, that's another opportunity to connect. Um, And um, once a year, we do this thing called Product Camp, which is an unconference. We've just done that at the beginning of August, but I would say go on to productcampmelbourne.com. And you'll be able to read over the summary from this last time and um, keep an eye on that for coming out next year. Um, Plus, um, the LinkedIn thing um, is a good way, which I'm sure you'll throw all of these links into the
1: summary. Absolutely, will do. Lastly, what would be your one piece of advice for aspiring product managers at the moment? Um,
2: So if you're not in product, If you are completely aspiring to this crazy role, um, I would say talk to some folks. You know, really make sure, is this the role that you think it is? Um, I know I talk to a lot of people who are interested in moving into product. And my first question is, what do you think you're going to be doing? You know, and well actually, what appeals to you about this job and what do you think you're going to be doing are the top two. Um, Because there's a lot of misconceptions out there about product management. So um, I like to um, make sure that they have a sense of what this role actually is. Um, So talk to product people at different stages of their career, understand what their days are like, what they enjoy, what frustrates them about the role. Um, you know, reading books or medium articles or watching some TikToks, <laughs> um, or freaking YouTube, uh, is very different, very different reality, um, to talking to a person about what their actual gig is. Um, so I would say do that first. Um, and then, you know, as we, uh, as you mentioned at the top of the, the podcast, um, I am very much, um, very much endorse having discovery skills, having research skills as a product manager. So, you know, if you want to start understanding and getting into the role, I would say
1: that's a great place to start. Dan, you are amazing. Thank you for coming on the product day. Thank you, Jade. It has been an
0: honor. Thank you for listening to The Product Edge brought to you by Middleton Executive. You can head to theproductedge.com.au to subscribe to Australia's number one podcast for all things product management. I would love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, I look forward to introducing you to more product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, and hustlers who will share their insights and experiences to help you level up and reach your full potential.